Welcome to Casual Conversations on Adult Situations. This week's topic, dating a narcissist. One, two, three, four. It was always like little slight jabs, you know, and over time that just like messes with your your self-esteem. But at the same time, like if you're not helping yourself, like no one's going to stick around for that, that that entitlement definitely wears you out. Yeah. Biggest mis- one of the biggest mistakes I made. Mm-hmm. I had to uh, rebuild a lot of bridges with family members because of this person. So Val. What's up? In uh, in Greek times, there's a story about uh, these two characters named Narcissus and Echo. Narcissus being the male, Echo being the female. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they were in love, they were lovers, and uh, one day, Narcissus uh, decided to meet Echo by a brook or a stream in the woods. And uh, Narcissus arrived first, and uh, when he arrived, he actually saw his reflection in the, uh, in the stream, and he was so um, spellbound by his own reflection, he was so in love with himself and his own reflection, that he stayed there by the stream and he ended up dying. And when Echo went to go meet him, he was, excuse me, he was turned into a flower by the gods. And when Echo went to go meet him, mm-hmm. he was now a flower by the stream. She didn't know it was him. And so she ran around and she just looked for him and she could never find him. So she faded away into the woods. And that's where we get the terms Echo and Narcissist. Interesting. That's yeah. a really good story. I, I'm kind of abridging it a little bit here, mm-hmm. but you know, you, you get the gist <laughs> of it. And that uh, is going to lead into our topic, folks, today about narcissism in relationships or dating a narcissist, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Val, do you want to go ahead and uh, introduce our guest? Sure. We have a guest here who is also a survivor of narcissism or narcissism in relationships. Uh, Wendy, welcome to our show. We're happy to see you, hear you, for you to be here, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you both for having me today. Absolutely. Yeah, it's great. You're actually our uh, our first guest on the show, so Woo-hoo! welcome. It's always yes. good to be of number one. <laughs> <laughs> that has no correlation to your life whatsoever. Of course not. <laughs> That's amazing. So, uh this is a really interesting topic because I believe all three of us have been in a narcissistic relationship. Uh, who hasn't? Yeah. yeah most definitely. Um, <laughs> I was actually oh, yeah. reading that one in 25 people, but one in 25 people have a personality disorder, mm. which, and those people date multiple people. Like, so they would date like five people. Are so we th- talking about in their heads they date multiple yeah. people? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, wait. Multiple personalities and one, or what are we referring to here? It's like, I'm dating one person, but I'm actually dating three of him. I'm dating the day him, the weekend him, and the night him. The weekend? The weekend him. The weekend him is the fun him that I fell in love with. So that means like over 6 million people, and this is in the United States. So 6 million people in the United States have been in a narcissistic narcissistic relationship. That's a, that's a very startling statistic, actually. Yeah. And, and that's just the people that have expressed that they've been in a narcissistic relationship. I'm sure there's more than that. And I think huh? that's one of the reasons why we're having this show is so people can actually um, start to interpret and start to uh, recognize these the traits of narcissistic people in relationships. Mm-hmm. And so hopefully what you folks will get out of this when you uh, finish listening to our podcast today is that 
if you see these traits within your relationship, you know, hopefully you can spot them and you can either fix them or you can move on because from our stories today, hopefully, you're going to hear that you do not want to stay in these relationships. Absolutely. I actually had a call with my therapist today because I told her we were going to talk about this and she was like, call me right now. <laughs> She's okay. so excited. So I guess we're going to go ahead and start with Val. <laughs> so, no, I mean, she gave me some really good information. She was saying that like there's no one size that fits all. Mm-hmm. So like there's several traits of uh, those that are narcissists, but... Um, there could be a range, but the only way you can know for sure is a psychological test. But because they don't believe that anything is wrong with them, it's very unlikely they'll get a psychological test. Of course. Yeah. Mm, that that sounds all too familiar. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? And more than likely, it's probably not just the narcissist. And there's probably other things mixed in as well. That's, my ex had a lot that was going on with him. Yeah. You can, um, I mean, you could be a narcissist. You could have also like like uh, anxiety disorder or general anxiety disorder um i mean yeah adhd mm-hmm. in my situation it was adhd and narcissism and mm-hmm. sometimes narcissism can stem from wanting status yeah you know that's that's one of my top mm-hmm. one of my points today and also um you have like you said you have different types of narcissism where you can have narcissism without um, inadequacy or narcissism with inadequacy. Like the person feels, yeah. feels inadequate, so therefore they have to spread it. Right. So, yeah, there's like two terms. There's two essential terms. It's like covert and overt. Oh. And overt is like that expressive person. That is like it's an obvious narcissist, mm-hmm. you know. And there's also covert, which is a little bit more difficult to detect. And it's by like that the underlying things that would be said like uh Oh my gosh. Would this be like a person on the outside that everybody sees and they they just assume they're a good person by the way they act, but then they're with their partner and they make like little snide comments about things? Okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. Which is my experience, unfortunately. So it was really hard to detect because he's a nice guy in general. And I, I think a lot of narcissists don't realize that what they're doing is like wrong. So, or they don't realize that they're hurting somebody. They think that they're helping them by whatever that they're saying. So that's that's also the, the difficult thing because they're obviously not going to realize it. So it's like they, they feel entitled. So for example, uh, in my situation, he would say, I worked really, really hard. I've been doing a lot of work. I deserve a nap. So like, you know, he's he feels entitled to something because of whatever work that he's done. Yeah. Regardless of my feelings. Mm. Wendy, do you have something to add to that? I mean, for me personally, with my ex, it was more about what he had endured and experienced as a child. Mm-hmm. He dealt with a narcissistic father. And so he then became the narcissist. Mm. He, there were, one of the main things he used to tell me all the time is, for example, money. Money was a big thing with us. Mm-hmm. He, any little bit of money he got, he wanted to spend it and spend it on himself and everything about him. Um, he didn't contribute a lot with our relationship. Matter of fact, he didn't contribute hardly anything. Mm-hmm. And that also came from his narcissistic father because when he did have a job, whatever money he made, his dad took from him. So when he got older, he felt like, I made this money, I should be able to keep it. But then did not contribute to like the bills in the house and things of that nature so then the money i made was not just mine it was his as well 
Mm-hmm. So that was. That yeah, was that's very scary. It's mm-hmm. it's funny that you mentioned that because um, in my particular situation, uh, I want to say that the parents were semi narcissistic because they weren't. They still cared, but you could see that they had like some slight traits about. Um, I don't want to say status, but I want to say like, you know, they, they wanted to be a little bit more, I guess, on the bougie side. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I guess, you know, everybody wants to be more well off. But it's funny that you mentioned that um, this gentleman had a narcissistic father because when doing research for this topic this week, um, I was looking into a couple of different articles. And one of them says that sometimes narcissistic parents do not produce narcissistic children. Um, but generally, if you have one narcissistic parent, you generally will get a, narciss- uh, a narcissistic child. Um, That's interesting. Yeah, it, it, it's it's kind of, I wouldn't say generally, but it's it's like a good percentage mm-hmm. if, if one out of the two parents are. Because if both parents are nar- narcissistic, it was shown that, especially in males, it was shown that they see the narcissism and that that's something they don't want to be. Wow. Yeah, I can see that. Mm-hmm. So. I can see that. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Seeing it in both versus seeing in one. I could see how that would affect them differently. With, with my ex, it was narcissistic, but he was also bipolar. And I can tell that he had some ADHD in him as well. He mm-hmm. just, he never got checked for any of this stuff. Eventually, he did agree to get checked for bipolarism, but he stopped taking the medication, so that didn't help. Uh. Yeah. I think it's time for me to share something. I actually also do suffer from bipolar disorder. And um, I, we, we, I believe we talked about this. I don't know if we talked about this on a, a former show where yeah. I said if I don't take medication, mm-hmm. that I do feel a difference um, for bipolar disorder. So I can understand where that comes in. Now, having that issue, I mean, we're going to talk about that in another episode. But just, just to kind of add on to what you're saying. from a man's perspective having that issue having the bipolar disorder you have to be aware of that and you have to be um you you pretty much have to be extremely self-aware of your feelings and what you're going through because once you get off that medication and i can tell you i there's been days where i haven't taken my medication you feel those highs and lows Mm -hmm. um and val i believe i shared this with you yes um you feel those highs and lows like much more extreme and so i guess the traits of narcissist is that okay, well, I'm not going to self-recognize this because, again, mm-hmm. like you were saying earlier, there's nothing wrong with me. Right. Mm-hmm. That's, there's there's something right. wrong with everybody else. Yes. It's yep. okay that I'm freaking out or it's okay mm-hmm. that I'm super, super happy or, mm-hmm. you know, I'm super excited about this or that I'm super depressed and I don't want to be around people. It's okay because right. it's just who I am. Mm-hmm. And you don't realize that no, it's actually you, you do have, you know, some mental health issues that you have to take care of. And it's okay. A lot of us have mental health issues. You, we're starting to find more and more of that, you know, so... And that's the thing is I never had an issue being with someone that had an issue that needed to be taken care of as long as he did, like you said, acknowledge it Mm -hmm. and did something about it. Mm -hmm. But when you remain stagnant and refuse to do anything about it, especially knowing that it's affecting everything else in your day to day life, that is something that eventually is going to wear down the person you're with. They just you can't what is that saying that they say all the time like you can't help someone that doesn't want to help themselves mm-hmm. well you also don't need to stay around for someone that doesn't want to help themselves because in the long run it's affecting you personally yeah that that entitlement also showed up in our relationship as well with the fact that he he did 
quote unquote at home job, um, mm-hmm. a self business basically. And the, so he did network marketing. I don't know if you're familiar, familiar with network marketing. So he had this network marketing business for many years. He had been successful at one point mm-hmm. when he and I got together he made it seem that he was still successful. He mm-hmm. wasn't as successful as he used to be. So he wasn't making as much income as he was before. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. But the entitlement came in where he would constantly remind me, well, I stay at home and, and I do laundry and I fold clothes and I make sure that you have dinner ready for you. And so I should be able to spend the money however I want to spend it, not remembering that it's one income mm-hmm. taking care of the house over your head, that food that you're cooking yeah. for both of us. Mm-hmm. At one point, his son came to live with us, oh. providing for a child. Yeah, mm-hmm. now, now you have another mouth to feed. Who is involved in sports and has, you know, all those things. Like, I, I get it. I'm all for helping my partner when he's down. But at the same time, like, if you're not helping yourself, like, no one's going to stick around for that. That that entitlement definitely wears you out. Yeah. Do you do you remember when you started seeing red flags? When Good I question. started seeing them or when I actually acknowledged them? Because that's two different Ooh. things. Ooh, <laughs> Even better. Way to, way to split that wow. one up on us, Wendy. Um, I guess when you first acknowledged them. Actually, no, let's start when, because obviously okay. you saw them before you acknowledged them, right? Yeah. Okay. okay. So when did you first start seeing them? When I first saw it, honestly, was about a month into our relationship. Four to six weeks, you would say? Because we were long distance at first. He was living out of state. Okay. And I was living here. And Out of state, like, uh, was it like West Coast? Was it up north? Uh, was Ohio. It? Okay. So like Midwest. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he casually mentioned you know i don't really want to do the long distance thing and i i think you know i should come down to florida and um i think it'd be a better idea i definitely think i could come down with with what i do i can do it from anywhere so in my head at first i thought okay he's gonna come down to florida not realizing he basically had moved himself into my place not asking Oh, <laughs> I've had a similar experience at one oh, time. Yeah. So once he was here, I mean, of course, it was an exciting new relationship. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't really say no. I personally was not ready to share my space with someone else like that, especially when I didn't ask you. Right. That makes sense. Yes. Yeah. So that for me was a little bit of a red flag. After that, it was the money coming in. Mm when i realized that his money was not what he had said it was maybe a tenth of what he led on that he was making what yes a tenth? yes wow yes i was under the impression he was making you know at least a couple grand a month that would help with sharing the bills right yeah no he was making a couple hundred wow Ooh. that's tough that's like yes. poverty level so that's when the flag started coming in, but I didn't actually acknowledge them until many years later. Uh, well, at least you did finally acknowledge them, though. Oh, yeah. It, it, I went through a lot in that relationship. <laughs> it went beyond narcissistic features. It, it became extremely toxic. It's funny that you, um, you mentioned money uh, in, in my instance. And uh, I believe you ladies might know this person, and if this person is out there i do want to put this out there as a disclaimer mm-hmm. i know this person has changed and i and that's one thing i do want to say as part of this podcast 
I do believe that a person with narcissistic personality disorder, if they acknowledge what they have, they can change. Mm -hmm. I, I have seen it with this person that I'm going to describe. So if you do end up listening, I'm sorry to bring up the past, but I know you've changed. I'm acknowledging that you've changed. You are a much better person. <laughs> but for sake of this topic, I've got to share some stuff that we went through. So um, you brought up money. When I first started dating this person, she was making well into six figures at a very young age. I was a few years older than her, about three or four, and I was also starting off in my career. Um, and I was making below 40,000, just, just below 40,000. And um, she, so going back to how I kind of figured she had a narcissistic personality, she dated me for my appearance at first. Like I went out, I had a lot of attention. Mm -hmm. Super I shoddy, yeah. Exactly, very mm -hmm. superficial. You know, I feel like I, that's where they go for first. Yep. And and I had just finished, you know, at, at the time I had just finished shooting a commercial for a very big um, supplement company. And I was in a commercial and I had lost a bunch of weight and I, I looked really well, I was going to clubs. I just started shaving my head. So I was like, yay, you know? <laughs> um, and I And she saw my personality was very fun. She saw I had fun wherever I went. People had fun around me. I, I brought a lot of that joy to people and she kind of latched onto me. And she was seeing somebody else like kind of back and forth. Mm -hmm. She was still kind of talking to her ex and she was sleeping with her boss. Mm. Wow. She found that out later on. Oh my goodness. Um, and she made me think that she was just with her ex. And so I had a little back and forth and and we're involved in the same organization different parts of it but same organization mm -hmm. and i have no issues with this gentleman but it, he kind of made it hard at first but we finally did get together and then once we started getting together this is one of the things um i call it the black widow of emotion like you have the black the physical black widow that you know marries people <laughs> and kills them I, I, this was like the black widow of emotion um they want attention and they want your attention and they want your emotion and they want it on a consistent basis when you're around them and even when you're not around them they want it yep they want you to text them all the time yep they want you to call them yep. because in some way they want to know they're the most important person in your life mm -hmm. and on the flip side they don't want you to you go them. out with this person <laughs> to events that you invite them to yep and they make you feel like you are nothing. You are not important. Um, I brought this person to family events where, like, I had, I was, I thought I was being nice by putting, you know, her needs ahead of my family's. Biggest, one of the biggest mistakes I made. Mm -hmm. I had to uh, rebuild a lot of bridges with family members because of this person, um, including my, my, God rest her soul, my stepmother. Oh man, that was a big one because my stepmother was very important in my life. Was very important in my life. So. Um, but she lost her job. Wow. Uh, she, you know, that we, we had the big crash in 2007, 2008, something like yeah. that. Mm -hmm. She was involved in that industry. She lost her job. Mm -hmm. from six figures to nothing. Yeah. Driving a six-figure car, like, you know, a, a car six-figure right. salary, like which would yeah. get. Like, yeah. You know, the, 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 luxury. the high end, the yeah. luxurious yeah. Went car. Went from luxury to not. To, <laughs> to having to, to get rid of that and get a hoopty. Um, don't having, knock them hoop these though. I know. No, hey, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I've had, I, I run my car to the ground. Well, my first car was a Geo Storm. All right, there you go. Mine was a Ford Tempo. Oh, geez. 
but it was just, you know, and, and then I started becoming the breadwinner. Now, while she had this six figure job, my meager, she, she would show me off as like a trophy boyfriend, but then, oh, but he just makes this much money. Oh, he does this. <laughs> God bless him. He does this. And it's like a fuck you. Mm. It's, it's a fuck you, but you're pretty. So you're around and you make me look better wow. because wow. you're a good person. So I must be a good person when they're just trying to make up for their inadequacies, mm -hmm. what they're missing. Again, this person has changed, but <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta put that in there. In I mean, that's, that's what you experienced at that time. Correct. Right, right. And it was, it, it, as it was one of my first major relationships that almost came to fruition as far as marriage and because we had talked about the future and everything, um, that devastated me. And when I, when I recognized it was two and a half years into it, and you wake up one day and you're just like, I'm done. Mm -hmm. I told her I was leaving her on a Monday. She didn't believe me on Wednesday. I was packed up and I was completely out of there by Friday. Hmm. And she was fucking shocked. She was shocked to shit because no man had ever left her. And for years, she said, you didn't break up with me. I broke up with you. And I'm like, bullshit. I'm the <laughs> one that moved out. And mind you, we moved into a condo that her parents rented to us and guess who was paying the, the mortgage on the condo you were i was mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i was paying for their fucking condo so you know i, I want to get into what happened after the relationship but i'll get into that later because mm -hmm. i want to pass the mic now so i've been talking for a little <laughs> bit too long um so in my situation um the person that i was with was like an overt narcissist in the beginning of the relationship and then he had a complete like change. Like he, you know, he went into religion and all that stuff. And then it became more covert. So it was like harder to detect. And, but like red flag, like from the jump. And I didn't even like think about it. Cause I think what's important to realize is like, you have to forgive the person you were at that time. Mm -hmm. And I was, I still hadn't uh, addressed my trauma at that time. So I was still like insecure and I'm like, oh my gosh, this, this gorgeous man likes me. Like he wants to date me. This is amazing. And then um, I think like a week or two before he asked me to be his girlfriend, he started to distance himself and um, we had already dated before. So I was like, I was like, what is it? Like, what is it? Like, why are you distancing yourself again? Like what's going on? And then he made comments on my appearance. Mm. He's like, you're not the type of girl I usually date. Um, wow. You know, like uh, he said, you go hair on your face. And crazy. like he said, I had bad breath and it just was a turn off to him. And I was like, okay. And then I was like, well, you know, I have a, I have PCOS. You know, that's a, uh, it's a hormonal condition. I can't really, I can try. I got my like face like laser hair removal Wow. Like not that long after, and it grew back. But anyway, mm -hmm. that's besides the point. So um, I think like a week later, and this was the day of our friend's engagement party. I want to say I remember you telling me about the whole hair in your face and yeah. how much it bothered you because you you were like semi crying when you told me that. Because the first I, time. I was already insecure this about was that years ago when you were dating him. Yes. Wow. This was yeah. This was before they got married, and because yeah. we've been friends that long, like mm -hmm. the, I remember her telling right. me about it. I was pissed. So, a week later, he asked me to be his girlfriend, and I said yes. But I continued on, right. and um, 
there was another point in our relationship where I was about to break up because we weren't um, we weren't as physical as I wanted to be. Mm. And he he again mentioned like various features about me, and I was going to break up with him on that day, but I went back. Yep. And I should I should I mean again like the person I was at the time I was like. I'm not going to do any better. Like, you know, he's he's a great guy. Everybody loves him and all these things. And I'm just like letting this like emotional abuse occur. Right. You know, like I could never do anything right. Like if I try to clean something, he would come up behind me. He's like, oh, you know, you didn't clean it well enough. Mm-hmm. Or um, if I was wearing something too revealing. I mean, I, you know, I'm... I'm very top heavy, so <laughs> you're boobalicious. <laughs> That's like the original, the original name. The original name he wanted to call me was voluptuous. The voluptuous <laughs> Val and rowdy Robbie Guns. Anyway, let's move on. Yeah, so I mean, again, like, and even up until like right before we got married, mm-hmm. I went on a cruise and I met I met a bunch of guys, or whatever, and then um, one of them touched my face. And I literally like backed up. Yep, because it was already I, in your it head. It freaks me out because mm-hmm. I, I like I wasn't getting. I didn't feel beautiful around. Yeah. My boyfriend. Mm-hmm. So when this other stranger touches me, I'm like, what the what the heck is going on? You know. Mm-hmm. And um, again, I should have been like, but I was like, it's too late. Let me keep going. Right. But it was always like little slight jabs, you know. And over time, that just like messes with your your self-esteem oh, yeah because yeah, they downplay you mm-hmm. yeah. and and you start believing yeah what they're saying like i would have conversations with my friends and they're like what do you because i would do everything that he wanted me to do it's like oh you're not creative enough so like let's do this and then i would be like journal like writing down and writing every day and stuff like that or like oh you're not doing so- i'm podcasting what are you doing like i was always like trying to keep up with him hmm and I would like adjust myself in order to like fit whatever mold. And then he went into Christianity and that was a whole other thing because I was adjusting myself again mm-hmm. for this. And I, I felt like I was never Christian enough for him. But uh-huh. but what is, exactly. in, there in is his no- opinion, Christian enough? Exactly. You're, you're living to a, an unlivable standard. Right. He was like, you don't wake up with me in the morning at 4 a.m. to pray. Wow! Like you should, you can join me whenever you want, and I'm like, why would I do that? Does he? Does, he, does he face the east and put a carpet down too? <laughs> and I'm not trying to make fun of anybody no, about religion, I, but it's like I did yo, give him how, like a little prayer know. pillow, and he used that. But my thing is that that drives me nuts because then you, the, the point of, and now we're getting into a different topic, <laughs> but the point of being Christian-like is to not judge others, right? And exactly. here you are judging someone else well we can also say a lot of narcissists are exactly. well-known christians <laughs> that's true I'm not trying to get on that that's, slam we're all christian in this room but. my therapist said say that several times that's, <laughs> that's, oh my she's goodness. like he wants to be a pastor you know a lot of pastors are narcissists and uh. i was like yeah, I believe it. I was going to start naming like televangelists. Like Jimmy, y'all ever heard of Jimmy Swagger from the 80s? That man was crazy. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, with me, it was different. For me, he wasn't, 
he was very charming. Mm -hmm. So when we were out in public, he actually did treat me right in public. Like he, Mm -hmm. he always showed me off and I was, you know, his, his girl and that he, he was proud of me in that sense, but he wanted college Wendy. He wanted that, that party girl that mm. was out all the time, that mm. knew where to go every night, that all the guys liked, and that she liked all the guys, because yeah, that's who I was. Mm-hmm. And he wanted that for 30-something-year-old Wendy. That, that, that was not me anymore. And I explained to him from the beginning that that's not me. Like, I'm, I'm a grown-up. I like to have fun, but in moderation. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you get I to have a certain adult age. responsibilities now. <laughs> your, your body can only take so much as well. To you know, it's just, it's just a lot of things. So for me, his narcissistic behavior continued even after we broke up to the point where literally he knew I want I, I was going to write a book. I'm working on a book. And he knew my experiences were going to be in that book. So he felt the need to write me the foreword. Wow, that's and say, that's entitlement oh, for sure. Oh, oh yes, one hundred percent. Yes, and he said, you know, I, you have you have my permission. You can use my name. You can use our stories. This is your forward. I would love if you incorporated into your book. That's how much of a narcissist he was. That he needed to be a part of this to a higher extent than I had planned on including him. I think, uh, please, please uh, allow me to make a suggestion. I think in the chapter <laughs> that you write about him, you should put his forward in the chapter and be like, look what this son of a bitch told me to put in this book. So here you go, motherfucker. <laughs> it's all about you, isn't it? And you know, the thing is like, what kept me around so long is that I am a very nice person. I'm a very forgiving person. Mm-hmm. You don't say. So, because of that. You are very nice. You know, I try. But because of that, I actually thought about, okay, you know what? That was really nice. I didn't, those things now that I've completely cut him off. I even tried to be friends with him after the fact. Always a mistake. Right. Because I did see some change in him. Like Mm -hmm. Robbie was saying, I did see some growth in him. But there were still some things there that just... No, mm-mm. I see all the red flags now, and I'm all about my personal peace and my personal space. So I had to, until I literally cut him off completely, no communication whatsoever blocked on everything, that I, the whole blindfold came off. And now I can see everything. Everything. And I can go back and think about things and say, wow, I really should have known from day it's, one. It's really hard when you're in it. Yeah. You know, but when you're outside, you have like this different perspective. Right. And yeah, if it wasn't for my therapist, she's like, well, you know, she actually gave me a book called Should I Stay or Should I Go? And it's Isn't called. Isn't that a song too? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was just about to say that's a great song. So, um,. And the book itself, like, had all these questions. And, like, if you could answer yes to all these questions mm-hmm. or to, like, the majority of them, and they would give you a, a number of questions that you say yes to, then you were dating a narcissist or you're with a narcissist. Oh, wow. my gosh. And then I, like, I think I went through and I was like, oh, I was like, oh crap. There's a lot of yeses <laughs> I was like, on this I was page. like, what is going on? Oh, my gosh. You know, gaslighting, silent silent. Oh, this is, this is messed Ooh. up. <laughs> so... This drove me nuts. So he didn't like me on my phone when I was with him. Mm -hmm. So if I was with him on my phone or whatever, he'd be like, is everything okay? You know? So if I was on my phone and it was bedtime, 
he would just get up and go to bed. He wouldn't tell me he's going to bed, nothing. Wow. And then I would go to the room, I was like, you didn't tell me you're going to bed. And he's like, oh, you're on your phone. <laughs> and I'm like... A good night would just good suffice. Good night, like something. Good night, babe. Because it bothered bed. him so yeah. much. And that's like, my therapist said that was a version of a silent treatment. Wow. Like he was like protesting. There's that, there's that, um, I guess, I guess we could say black widower of emotion <laughs> because he wants all your attention like at every second that you're Oh, together. yes. Yeah. And I told you the other day how we, he wanted to talk about our relationship like every day. Yeah. Oh like, goodness. okay. So we were, we were discussing this topic when we were talking about, you know, planning out the, the podcast and she let me in on this information. He goes, every night he wanted to have a conversation about our relationship. And I said, Wait, 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 time out. If you have to have a conversation every single night about your relationship, then... It's a it, job, not it, a Is it worth being in the relationship right. like, I'm just point? trying to get to know you, and I'm like... Huh? It, we're married at this point. You should know me by now. I, I know. And I was like, I want to have a conversation with you. Like, you have to, like, give me something, too. Like, I can't right. be talking about me the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> that's just, that's just like, as a guy, you know, for all the guys, I'm not going to speak for all the guys out there because obviously your ex is a guy, but um, a lot of us don't like to talk about relationships. I, I we try to avoid that. the conversation, and this guy wants to have a conversation about it every, every night. Day. That's he's like, do you still like me? Am I still likable? Oh my how do you feel about me? And I bet you it was more about him and how like what like yep. how he feels. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. There you go. Mm -hmm. He was like, I just want, no, he would always turn it on me. He's like, I just want to make sure you're okay. I just want to make sure, I just want to know how you feel. Like, I, it would always like turn back on me. Mm, but it's still kind of a hidden, because if you're not okay, then there's, there's something that, that, that I'm not happy anymore. Yeah. So somehow it still ends up being about them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I fell into that trap where. So now I'm going back to the story. I'm going to go finish okay. the story now. So finish the story. Tell us after more. After I moved more. out, <laughs> after I moved out, um, a couple months later, she saw me out at a, a beer fest with, with some friends having fun. I was talking to a group of girls. I'm in my late 20s, you know, single. And um, what did she do? She had a group of girls with her, all in the same organization she's in. And this <laughs> one random dude who was... All of five foot four, five five. And I'm like, Always five, the seven. short don't, ones. Don't knock on the I'm not. I'm not. Sorry, <laughs> he's a short king. He's no, no, a but, short king. But okay, no. Like, I'm sure he was a nice guy, mm -hmm. and, and I'm almost positive he was a nice guy because I felt so bad for what I did later on that night. Um, <laughs> but like to the point where they started like following us around, and then we ended up going to the clubs that night downtown Orlando because there was a beer fest, and then you got from the ticket to the beer mm -hmm. fest, mm -hmm. you got free entrance into certain right. clubs that night. Do they do that anymore? I don't know, but it was fun back then. We had so much fucking fun. Oh, man. We'd be, you know, God, this was the days where your body, my body could tolerate being drunk from, like, noon to, like, 12 at night. You know? Yeah. 12 hours drunk until you're like, yeah, let's anymore. keep going. No. Fucking ranger. But then, you know, the next day I'm puking my brains out. <clears throat> but anyway. So. Fun times. Um, at the club, they must have gone back and changed because, you know, we, the, the friends I was with, we all stayed in, in like, I was in a tank top and shorts and like sandals mm -hmm. and I'm in the club at like nine o'clock, 10 o'clock <laughs> at night and a tank top shorts and sandals <laughs> from walking around in downtown Orlando with this beer fest. But so was, so were my two buddies, right? We we're, cause it was hot that day. It was during the summer. 
So she shows up with her girlfriends and this guy, and they're all dressed to the nines, you know, mm-hmm. all looking nice. And um, we're in the very front of the bar when you come in by the entrance, right? So she sees us. She brings her little group over next to us. I'm like, guys, let's move down. And there was a space at the end of the bar. We move mm-hmm. all the way down to the end of the bar. Guess what? <laughs> they what? followed you. They followed us, right, <laughs> to the end of the bar. And I said, okay, let's go back to the front of the bar. So we went back to the original spot we were at and we're there for like not even two or three minutes. And I get a tap on my shoulder. And and we're all, I mean, I'm, I'm talking to my two of my best friends and we're just having a good time. We're, we're just trying to enjoy ourselves. And I don't want to talk to her. I know she's there with somebody else. I know she's there with her friends. That's fine. That's her prerogative. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't want to make it an issue. But apparently she did. And this is what a narcissist will do. Because if they are not the center of attention, if she, she was bothered by the fact that she brought a guy and I didn't do shit. Yep. She yep. was so she bothered wanted, by she that. She wanted that. to get a rise out of you. Correct. And the only time that it got a rise out of me was when she tapped me on the shoulder I turned around and I said, hey, how you doing? Oh, nice, <laughs> nice and calm. We need to talk. I'm like, we don't need to talk about a damn thing. My exact <laughs> words. I'm like, you're here with your friends. I'm here with my friends. We're probably both here to have a good time. So why don't you go back to your friends and have a good time? And I'll stay here with mine and have a good time. Mm-hmm. You know, my friends don't want to be around your friends. Your friends don't want to be around my friends right now. Mm-hmm. So... You know, because it was like it was almost like a breakup, like like a divorce. <laughs> yeah, that's like people, exactly what it is. Well, yeah, because if, go ahead, I'm sorry. Like if you're together for a long period, you live together. Mm-hmm. You're practically married. Yeah. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so it is a divorce. But yeah. the longer mm-hmm. things went, the more people, the more people came to my side. It's kind of funny. <laughs> um, the division but, of the friends usually what happens. So this is where this is where I feel bad for the guy, right? So she's engage, continuing to engage me, and I'm starting to get upset now. So I'm feeding into it, which I shouldn't be, mm-hmm. but I'm getting upset because she's taking me away. I have been, I'm a little inebriated. She's taking me away from my friends. So I'm starting to raise my voice just a little bit. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, here comes this guy and his little fucking legs. This poor little man. He did nothing to you. Little penguin ass legs. I just remember being like a little fucking penguin, like scoot on over. And he goes, he comes up to like, cause we're facing each other and he comes to like, like her right side, my left side. Right. And he's like, is there a problem? And I got almost nose to nose. I'm like, if you don't get out of here, there will be a fucking problem. <laughs> and that kid turned around with the quickness and went right back to the group so fucking fast. And she's like, is that necessary? And I'm like, no, it wasn't until you came over here. Right. You right. know? And then, left you alone. and then we ended up talking again. And we ended up like trying to reconcile for like half an hour. And then I was like, what the fuck? Am I crazy? <laughs> and then I ended up going out with my friends and just like, nope, we're done. Um, there's a third part to that, but let's go back around one more time because <laughs> the third part is the worst part. And this is how, oh because when you're a guy sometimes and you have a beautiful woman and you don't realize these traits of narcissism and you do think they change because you see these small signs, like you were saying, mm-hmm. Wendy, you, 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 you want the best for them and you want to help them. And right. you know, I'm a very loving person, a very giving person. So I wanted to help this person become better. Mm-hmm. And that's what I thought. And you got to just realize you can't. But I'll get back to that third part. I'm passing it on again. Oh, oh, oh I got a long one. By the way, I can't unsee the penguin, the guy walking <laughs> now like a penguin. I can't. <laughs> His little stubby ass legs. Is there, like, is there a moment you realized uh, how you had to end the relationship? So physically, I ended it when I did. 
mm-hmm. but um, mentally, I had broken up with him, I would say, about two years prior. They usually say wow. that women yeah. break up with men way before they actually do it. Right. So emotionally and mentally, we do. Yeah. We, we're, we're done. I knew he was messing around with other girls. I knew he was, you know, wow. doing all these things that didn't even affect me anymore. I just laughed when I saw it. Um, because it just, in my head, I, I was done. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, part of what kept me around is that I'm, I'm nice. I knew he has no money. He has no place to go. He doesn't know anyone out wow. here. That's a lot and of self his son yeah. was living with us. Yeah. And so it was, a, and I, I, of course, I, I loved his son. Like he, mm-hmm. my, he was my stepchild. Yeah. So there was a lot of stuff that kept me around, but the... Um, so we actually broke up in 2020, COVID. Mm-hmm. Of course, now we were both stuck in the house together. Oh, God. For some time. Mm-hmm. So I, his, all three of us actually were in the house together because well, school. Yeah. <laughs> so that summer, his son went back home to visit his mom. Mm-hmm. Um, and things got really, really bad. Really, really dark. Really quickly. Um, they were already bad from time to time, but this time it was just, it was really bad. And something told me the specific day that I left. I didn't prep him. I just up and left. But the day that it happened, something inside me, you know, they listen, they say to listen to your, your own personal intuition. Mm-hmm. Everything in me said, don't take your purse, don't take your cell phone, don't take your charger, leave everything in the car, just take the car keys something just inside me said leave everything in the car and that's what I did I took just my car keys in and it was one of the worst nights of my life um where he literally just I don't want to get into that story it's just because I also don't want I don't want to trigger anyone else we didn't really prep them for that conversation <laughs> right this might be so a we'll just say it was one of the worst it was nights one of, of the worst nights of my life we'll save that for another one very happy that you left your purse in the car but that night um I waited until he fell asleep um and I knew okay the minute he falls asleep I'm getting the hell out of here and I don't care I don't have to take anything I literally as soon as he fell asleep threw on the first shirt and pants that I could find nothing else no shoes as quietly as I could grab my keys and walked out I didn't even lock the door I hauled ass to my car and literally drove the hour and a half to my mom's house in the middle of the night wow wow yeah but that's what I needed to do Mm -hmm. to leave and by the way shout out to therapists mine is not a non-traditional therapist it's all natural just pretty much having conversations but he was one of the things that really kept me or brought me back helped bring me back after a year of depression yeah after oh, yeah. that oh yeah mm-hmm. i love my therapist yep Mad i think praise. sometimes like we have sessions but we don't really have sessions right <laughs> yeah <laughs> we're like friends oh yeah no steve was amazing he was the yeah. one of the best things that helped he still checks on me from time to time yeah. even if we don't have actual sessions anymore he is he's become a really good friend of mine so i definitely recommend talking to someone preferably someone that doesn't know the whole story just someone new that can see things with a fresh pair of eyes because that helps yeah i I gotta agree on that i i don't see a therapist anymore but i did for years after Mm -hmm. this after the breakup um with this person and without having that it it would have made future relationships absolutely oh, yeah. 
because you have to realize that it's not you. Mm-hmm. It, what you went through, um, you contributed to the, the the behavior of somebody that only thinks of themselves without realizing you were doing it because you were trying to be the better person. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, which leads into the third part of my story. <laughs> story time. This actually does lead into the third part. And this is the worst part because, again, you're trying to be the better person. Right. So, a year passes by about a year and a half and I hear that she had been dating a gentleman of stat status you know lots of money nicer car lives in the downtown area mm-hmm. um but I also heard that they were having issues and she called me up one day and this is when I knew uh, uh, no sorry this was after the she called me up after this when, when I knew she had changed we'll come back to that another time <laughs> probably in another show but uh but she had called me up and talking about, you know, I was thinking about you. And she's still dating this guy. She's still seeing this guy. But, you know, I, I don't like the way things are going with him. I want to get back together. I'm like, well, okay. Um, you know, you got to prove it to me this time. Because I was at that point where you knew you really got to prove it to me. Right. So, well, she didn't want to go the extra mile. I get a phone call like a week and a half later. And she was in another country. Okay, so she calls me from another country um, and she is uh, crying hysterically mm. and uh, she's like um, we were in a casino um, we were doing a certain white powder that you snored mm. <laughs> I mean what's the difference in this <laughs> Because they're, they, you can snort a couple different white powders, I'm sure. Snuff, snuff, snuff back in the day was allowed. BC powder. Was, you want to get rid of that headache, you line up some BC it powder. Was, it, was a, mm. it was a pixie sticks. Yeah. The, oh, God. The, the green ones that like, look like they're white. You know, you, we used to make kids like, do that in middle school to, to get, get them to freaking run to the bathroom with their oh eyes watering and shit. Anyway, so. She, so was, she was. She was having fun with pixie sticks. Uh-huh. She was she was doing the she was doing the, the angel no, the, not the angel the pixie dust whatever you want. To oh, no, because we're not gonna go. But but they were you know and um, obviously went and they were drinking because uh, apparently he loved his uh, he loved his booger sugar and he loved his alcohol and uh, I guess he was losing or something and he must have been a narcissist as well mm. so she kind of got a, a taste of what it's like to date someone who's like her mm. <laughs> and um they got into an argument which if you know me you know i'm generally a pretty laid-back person I like to have fun and this was one of the only people that could ever make me want to like argue like getting a screaming and shouting argument so she was great at getting in arguments <laughs> um and he struck her like he punched wow. her in the face oh my and they gosh. had it on camera um he he got tackled by like the security at the casino he got arrested he got fingerprinted like everything he got charged 100 and he got thrown in jail in, in a foreign country and she's calling me up because she wants me to pick her up from the airport and of course me being the bleeding heart person that i was absolutely 100 percent blah 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 and um so she called her parents too and her parents lived in another city in florida and they drove here about two and a half eh, two hours they drove here and we all um i want to say met at the airport and or either i picked her up and i drove her back i can't remember the exact details it's been a long time but when we got back to the place where we all where i used to live with her because mm-hmm. she's still at the condo right. her parents were there and you know they made sure she was okay They're like oh, robert it's so good to see you mm-hmm. robert it's so good to see you blah blah, blah. um 
and you know, thank you so much for doing this. And we started talking again, and, and we started spending time together, and I started spending the nights over there, but we hadn't slept together yet again. Um, I wanted to make sure that we did things right. Mm -hmm. Really, you know, we had slept in the same bed, but we had not had sex together. Mm -hmm. Almost everything but. Um, and two weeks had passed since she came back from the trip and everything was going fine. Then uh, I'm spending the night one night and it's like a Thursday going into a Friday. And she says, hey, I'm going out with some of my good friends from the same organization. Mm -hmm. And... Um, She's like, I'm going to go out with some of my good friends. We're going to go clubbing tonight. And I said, okay, have fun. Because I'm a trusting person. If she says she's going to go out with her friends, I right. know who she's going out with. And I said, but who are you going to be? You know, I said, just so I know who you're going to be with. And she told me who she was with. And I was like, okay, I have their numbers. If, if, I, if I call you and I can't hear from you, and I'll text one of them to make sure you're okay. Mm -hmm. She goes, do you have to? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I just, just if I don't hear from you, if your phone dies, it's happened before, right? She goes, right. Oh, yeah, because... You know, this was quite a few years ago when the battery that's technology... Like, that's red flag number one. <laughs> I, know, I know. So, uh, I go to bed and I wake up and it's around 2 o'clock in the morning. Oh, one thirty. Oh, I know this story. Yeah, I've told you this story before. <laughs> okay. And um, I have no text messages. I have no phone calls. Mm. So, I'm like, okay, well, maybe she's still out. Clubs close at 2. Right. I happen to wake up again at like 2.30, 3 o'clock. Still nothing. Wow. So I call her phone. No, goes straight to voicemail. Hmm. I'm like, okay, maybe her phone died. She's spending, she's crashing the couch at her friend's house. So I wake up about 5.30 in the morning. Still nothing. No call, wow. no text message, nothing. And now I'm starting to get worried. Mm -hmm. So I call her. I hear nothing. Go to work on the way to work because I leave for work at like 6.30. Call her again. Straight to voicemail. Get to work. Call her again. Straight to voicemail. Now I'm, now I'm really starting to freak out. So... I call the friend who she's supposed to be at, their house, right. her apartment, and the friend doesn't pick up, and I texted the friend, hey, I'm worried, can you text me back? Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, within five minutes, and I just got to work, just started working, my phone goes off, and it's her. And as soon as I said, my first two words, hey babe, are you okay? Or my first, five words, whatever, hey babe, are you okay? And all I get is, how dare you call my friends? What were you wow. doing? You're checking out. I was like, whoa. Wow. And, and I'm like, reaction. and I said, I was worried about you. You hadn't called me. Yeah. I thought, you know, you could have been in an accident. I mm -hmm. don't know what happened last night. And I care about you. Mm -hmm. And I was worried because you said you would let me know if you were coming home or not. And mm -hmm. you didn't. And I'm sorry, I left that out earlier. But, and she just kept going off and off and off. And I said, fuck this. And I just hung up the phone and put it down. <laughs> and went on with my job. Five minutes later, the phone goes off again, and I pick it up, and I said, are you ready to talk now? And all of a sudden, flip the script. I'm so sorry, baby. You're right. You know, I'm, I'm sorry I flipped out. It, it, you were right to check up on me. That's so nice of you. I'll make it up to you. I'm going to make you dinner tonight. Um, you know, when you get home, it's, it'll be fine. We'll talk about it. I said, okay, no problem. I thought it was done. So I said, I'll call you in a couple hours, you know, to check on how you're feeling, whatnot, and yeah, just make sure she, she's feeling better, because she was a little hungover. So, I call her 12.30, afternoon now, goes to voicemail. Hmm, something's not right, she should have been able to charge her phone. Mm -hmm. Call her 12.45, still goes to voicemail, call her one, goes to voicemail, I'm like, ah, something doesn't seem right. And I had the weirdest feeling that she bumped into this guy from the casino downtown, hmm. ended up going home with him. I just had this weird inkling. Right. 
So I happened to call up a buddy of mine who knew, who who had seen them. He's a good friend of mine. He had seen them downtown. He knew that she was dating them before. Didn't like the guy. Knew where the mm-hmm. guy lived. Oh. And I said, do me a favor. Can you drive by and see if her car's there? I get a call oh. 15 minutes later. Guess what? Her car is Her car is parked there. right in front of his house. So the first thing I do, and this goes into one of the things I'm going to talk about. The last thing I'm going to talk about about narcissism and with women. First thing I do is call her parents. Hmm. And I said, listen. I want to make you aware of this situation because you told me specifically if this happens again, if she has contact with him again, she's mm-hmm. not going to call you. She's not going to let you know. You told me to let you know. Right. So I'm following your instruction. Mm-hmm. She was supposed to come home last night. She didn't. I sent a friend over. She's at his house. Her parents got up. We're driving up. Got off the phone immediately. Mm-hmm. Got in the car. Drove up. Right. So I get out of work. I, I, I'm kind of like flipping out because I, I said to my friend on the phone, get her the hell out of that house right now. Right now, I don't care if you have to grab her, like barge in and grab her, get her the hell out of there before she gets hurt, before he does something to her. Mm-hmm. So, get her back. Thing, the thing I want to talk about with narcissism is this: narcissists will hate it if you make them look inferior or look bad in front of people that they want praise from and she was very she so wanted to show her parents that she was successful that she Mm -hmm. was doing well that all this stuff and the fact that i called her parents when when i got to the apartment and my friend was there and she was there and i said Mm -hmm. by the way your parents are on the way up oh that that call in the morning where she went off on me was Mm -hmm. nothing compared to what she got she she came at me and my friend had to grab her wow wow and so that was the last time i spoke to her before the phone call that I got that proved to me that she had changed because she called me up a couple of years later, about three, four years later. Mm-hmm. She had taken a job in the public sector. She had seen the lower 25% of our population, how they live, the, you know, the, 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 pop, the people under the poverty line, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And she started to look at herself and look at some of the things that she did in the past and how she treated people. And I got a, I got a random phone call out of nowhere and I picked it up and I'm glad I did to this day. And we talked about it. She apologized, and I'm very happy for her. And she's changed. She's a changed person. She's a wonderful person now, and I wish her all the best. But man, did she put me some, through some fucking hell! <laughs> I can only imagine. And 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 she made some therapists, like you ladies were saying, she made some therapists pretty rich. I'll tell you what. <laughs> you know what? It always takes them to feel. I hate to say it, but to feel a little bit of the hurt that they put on us it mm-hmm. takes them feeling it to actually start make some changes well you hope so mm-hmm. i don't know if that would happen in my situation considering it was so like like it was under the radar mm. so um, only if like somebody really knows that person because i didn't even realize oh until i mean i went to therapy but what happened like the, the way that i ended realized i had to end the relationship mm-hmm. i started talking to a friend of mine who was a guy who had admittedly gotten a crush on me mm-hmm. and we would just talk and for me I was like this feels like no like he's listening to what I'm saying he remembers details about things that I say mm-hmm. whenever I talk about my situation like he can relate to it because he has family members who um, are pastors so they understood like the the narcissism mm-hmm. that happened exhibited the traits right and so I felt like I was, I was seen. I could have a conversation with him. I didn't feel like be, I was being judged. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like I was going to be lectured. Right. And 
that's when I realized I was like starting to have feelings for this other person. I was like, something is wrong here. Yeah. Like something is wrong with my marriage. Mm-hmm. And then I went to confront um, my ex about it. And instead of like embracing me, he like he was like the you know the devil's lying to you. Um, like whatever who I don't know who you're talking to, but they're putting lies in your head. Like you know we're we're supposed to be married. That this is what we made a promise. Like all this stuff, and like I would feel like I was like you know what like he's 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 switching it on me. Right. Like he's like trying to change my mind mm-hmm. and I'm like I know I'm not crazy yeah <laughs> like I know I'm not crazy and I had to keep reminding myself that because like it was like so much there was like so much gaslighting mm-hmm. that I couldn't like sometimes I didn't even know what was right what was wrong and I would have to like step back because I'm also a processor like I don't like I don't realize things in the moment like it'll hit mm-hmm. me later right <laughs> <laughs> and I think I think I think Robbie's starting to realize this. And I told him, I told him that this is how I act. So, this is how I am. So it's like, like I'll, I'll say something and we'll be talking about the show or something. And like, you know, we'll end the conversation, we'll end the phone call, right? 20, 25 minutes later, I'll get a phone call from her. Did you mean this when you said this? And I'm like, no, no, oh my, no, no. I'm like, and she's like, oh, okay, I just want to make sure. And I'm like, yeah, but you're overthinking things. No, it, it was not meant in that serious context. So, so yeah, so you do it. You do it. But, but I think a lot of that, because when I first met you, you were not as much of an overthinker as, excuse me, an overthinker as you are now. Um, and I think a lot of that had to do with what you went through with your ex-husband because you were a little bit more spontaneous when you were younger, when we used to hang out, when mm-hmm. we, you know, post-college. Yeah. Excuse me. When we uh, hung out post-college, you were, you were, you know, you didn't have that, like, second guessing on certain things. And I remember that. So what's good, though, about it is that the fact that you are more cautious about things, which does lead you to get into less situations. Right. And, and there's right. something you can mm-hmm. learn from these situations, being with a narcissist. Yeah. Right. But the negative is now you're, like, overly thinking things too much. <laughs> and it's like, okay, when do I have to, to, to kind of take a step back and realize... It's it's not the same person. Right. They're they're not speaking the same language. Yes, you know, it, 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 not everything is literally exactly what they say. Sometimes mm-hmm. there is sarcasm involved because you have that. Like for me, conversations after the relationship for years, I'm like, am I saying the right things? Am I doing? Right. Am, am I presenting myself properly? Yeah. You know, am I acting? Am, am I being manly enough? Am I being too manly? Am mm-hmm. I? You know, I would question everything that I did, mm-hmm. and. It just takes a while to get through that. So, you know, good luck on your journey. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. It's just, it's it's a constant making sure that you are aware of the things that you, that you want and don't want, Mm -hmm. but also being able to reflect on things. And like Robbie said, not putting everyone in the same bubble. Um, I have to do that a lot too. Mm -hmm. For me, I have to remind myself that not everyone is out to get me. And I have to remind myself of, I had to remind myself of who I was before him because I changed a lot too. Um, Robbie, you know me from college also. Oh, yeah. yeah. And you know I was always this outgoing, fun, carefree. If I may say, <laughs> the, the, the term party girl comes to mind. <laughs> I did say that earlier, didn't you were, I? You were I'm very sure fun. I, I... 
You were you were you were a responsible party girl because you, you had fun, but you still got your shit done. I remember that. Oh yeah, yeah might have taken really me forever today, but it got done. Yeah, yeah, done. You know. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. But that I done. that that person that didn't give a damn about what anybody else had to say about her because she was going to do what she wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, that, that was, was me. That was then you. with him because I was constantly getting beat down emotionally and verbally and physically in some points too. He took all those things that he supposedly liked about me, that party girl, and he would throw them in my face. And he would make that an issue. Like, well, you're not a party girl anymore. You were just a slut and you were just this. And you're, you know, and you're ugly. You're not the type of girl that I normally date. I usually like the, you know, five foot 11 models skinny that like to work out and are in the gym all the time. And I'm not that person. Unrealistic (laughs) expectations. So it took, so all of that after, you know, five years of hearing this all the time. And I became this person I did not recognize. So that's why after that relationship, I was in a really, really bad depression for a year. A lot of my friends are just now finding this out. My family didn't know. Mm-hmm. because it was just that dark for me and it took me pulling myself out a little bit enough to then go get the help that I needed to pull me out completely mm-hmm. so that's why now I have um that's why I adopted the fierce Latina is back that's my hashtag I know Robbie laughs at that <laughs> but that's the meaning behind it because I was fierce Latina before him and now she's back I'm back to who I was before times 10 and it's, I also adopted the other one, bonita y chingona. Chingona was always a I'm bad term. It's okay. <laughs> I laughed too, but chingona was always a bad term. People looked at it like it was something bad. It's not chingona. Someone who strives to be the best that they can be. And that's me. That's me every day. And I'm not going to let anything else affect my peace and my happiness. Mm-hmm. And I am ecstatic now in my life. <laughs> That's a beautiful Definitely, thing. you know, and, and I, I know that he has done some changing. I don't want him to come off like this horrible monster because like I mentioned at the beginning, he had his own demons that he is still fighting with, mm-hmm. I'm sure, like all of us do. Yeah. Some people just don't handle them as well as others. Yeah. Correct. I, I mean, I want to, you know, I want to say that my ex is not a bad person. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say that, but <laughs> but again, that's that's my opinion. I know he he really tried, especially towards the end, to like listen and mm-hmm. change and things. It was just too late for me, right? So I couldn't go. I, I couldn't imagine going back, right? Because who knows how long it would last? That that was like my, my my thought. It was like who who knows how long this would last? Right. So. With that being said, is there anything you want to say or any advice to people who might be in a narcissistic relationship? Just kind of as a way to tie this in a bow. (laughs) If you are seeing those signs, if you are seeing those red flags, start acknowledging them as soon as you see them. Just make it a forceful habit to acknowledge them and realize this is something I want to be in. Don't let it go too long. If you have mentally already broken up with this person in your mind, go ahead and take that next step and do the physical breakup Mm -hmm. because it's only going to get worse. Awesome. 
Good words. Good words. I good like words. <laughs> um, one thing that I just wanted to close on here. Uh, if, if you feel that you as a person are changing and you don't like it, recognize that. Because mm -hmm. if you're, if you're not, if you're feeling that something is wrong with the way you're acting and you're not acting the same, because like you were saying, Wendy, this right. person liked you for all these qualities, mm -hmm. but then they changed all those qualities about you. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you're, if you're changing the person you are and mm -hmm. the other person isn't changing the person they are, mm -hmm. then you really need to step back and evaluate, okay, is this the right person for me? Can we work through this? Can I talk to this person and see if we can find some type of compromise here? And if not, like you said, Wendy, pull that trigger. Get the hell out of there. Mm -hmm. Be true to yourself. Oh, yeah. Yep. And seek out therapy. Yes. Yes. 100%. Yes. Uh, guys, I want to tell you this. Talk to somebody. For us, for men, we mm -hmm. know that men are, the, you know, there are more suicides among men. Mm -hmm. There's a lot more mental mm -hmm. health, health issues amongst men than women, especially men who are, you know, former um, in the military or uh, police officers, firefighters who have dealt with PTSD. Mm -hmm. Gentlemen, do not be afraid to talk to somebody. You right. have to deal with your feelings or else you're going to internalize them and it's going to turn you into the the ugliest person that you never thought oh you would God, be. Oh my God! Yes, yes. At the very least, write it down and share it with someone. Yeah, write it down for yourself in a journal and look at yes. it. And, and if if you won't, don't want to go see somebody, at least jot down how you feel mm -hmm. because you gotta get it out some way. Mm -hmm. And you in a full to. moon, go burn it. Yeah. Release that energy. There you go. <laughs> go and if that doesn't something. work, if that doesn't work, I hear hot yoga is where all the bitches are at. <laughs> So, uh, well, uh, thank you, Wendy. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for having me. This was a lot of fun and very, um, very opening. Like, it helped to open up. <coughs> well, awesome. Sorry about the cough. Um, well, ladies and gentlemen, if you like casual conversations on adult situations, like and subscribe. <laughs> and uh, we look forward to entertaining you and uh, sharing more of our intimate details as well as our adult advice with you. Thanks. All right. Thanks so much, guys. Bye. Bye.